BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam. Welcome in. It's four miserable people here to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. This is the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. All right. Uh, didn't see that one coming. Thought the Chiefs were going to win against the Chargers. They did not win. Um, so let's just get everybody's initial reaction before we dive in. I'm Patrick Allen. Thank you for joining us. We're streaming all over the damn place. We're on Twitter. We're on a bunch of platforms that I, the kids use that I don't know about. We're on YouTube, of course. If you're on our YouTube channel, make sure you're subscribed. A lot of you subscribed this week. It was absolutely awesome of you. Uh, but we need more. We're closing in on a thousand subscriptions. We need your support, especially since we're all super, super depressed. Um, I'm going to go around the horn. So let's start with Sterling Holmes. Sterling initial reactions to the Chiefs being one and two and in the basement of the AFC West. Uh, I have found the bottom of the bottle of, of whiskey that was in my basement. It's very depressing. This is just not a fun loss, especially because you can't just blame the defense. Last week it was just so easy to say, all right, they couldn't stop the run. That was the one issue they need to get fixed. They'll be okay. Well, the offense wasn't great. Patrick wasn't great. Uh, you have a lot of drops on offense. Defense, while improved, wasn't nothing to write home about. Dan Sorensen's still out there getting all of the snaps. Juan Thornhill is nowhere to be seen. Nick Bolton was once again the best linebacker, struggled in pass coverage. Uh, Chris Jones was, for the most part, a non-factor. And then Andy Reid, uh, obviously, what happened post-game, being sick and going to the hospital all around was a very sad, depressing loss. Yeah, that's right. My bad on that. I meant to lead with 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 Big Red. Uh, Andy Reid, if you, if you weren't paying attention or you didn't see, wasn't feeling well after the game, was able to address the team, uh, was in good spirits, but was taken via ambulance to the hospital. Sounds like from some of the reports on Twitter, it was precautionary, uh, but we haven't heard anything since. So we hope that he's doing well, and we're certainly thinking about about Andy. Uh, and from there, I might as well kick it to our NFL insider, Matt Verderam. Matt, have you heard anything on Andy? And then your your initial thoughts on on the game. I haven't. No. Um, so I, I would say to just you know keep waiting for any kind of official news to come out. But it does sound from all accounts that it was precautionary. So that's great news. As far as the game, look, I mean, I, I think that game is really easy to, to, to break down. I mean, if they don't turn the ball over, like, like they're going out of style, they win the game. 
I mean, that, that's pretty much it, right? Like, I mean, you, you turn the ball over four times, three times in the first half, twice in the red zone. Another time, I think they, I think they turned it over like a 30 or maybe it was a 35. Uh, they, were in, they were in range for points. That's the game. Now, there's more to it than that, right? They were, their defense gave up four touchdowns and five red zone trips, and it would have been five for five if the Chargers could stop illegally shifting, right? I mean, Kansas City's defense in the red zone is so bad. I almost think if you're Spags at this point, you just do whatever it is, it, it, the opposite of what you were going to do. Like, really, like, I almost would try that <laughs> for a game and just see like, how that plays out. They can't be any worse. The other side of this, they can't get a pass rush. I don't care that Frank Clark's not there. Like, all anybody talked about this offseason was, man, they are loaded up front. They have got all this depth up front. They can't do anything. They don't touch guys. There, there was one play. In fact, it was the play. It was uh, first half of the game. Herbert rolled out. He had all day. Like, literally stood in the pocket for like seven or eight seconds. Rolls out, throws, and Sorensen actually made a nice play to break up. It would have been a touchdown on a deep ball. To me, those are the issues. Like We can get into all the other stuff. We can talk about the, the, the run defense, although it was better today. We can talk about the linebackers and coverage. We could, we could talk about the offense and how they missed on some opportunities. That's all fine. I do not worry about any of this stuff other than two things. They have to get off the field inside the 20-yard line. Have to at some point in time here. And they got to get a pass rush. If they do those two things, they'll be just fine. If they don't, they will not go back to the Super Bowl because those things are so glaring at this point that it's going to submarine you against good teams. Very succinct, as usual, for Matt Verderam. Matt Connor. Also, this is the first time the four of us have been on a podcast since we introduced Matt and Sterling to the show. So very exciting, exciting to be doing it live. Matt Connor, uh, the editor of Arrowhead Addict, keeps that machine rolling, keeps you guys informed on a day-to-day basis on everything in Chiefs land. He gets to join us tonight because he's not furiously writing articles because of the early kick. Matt, your initial reaction to the game. Yeah, you know, I think I feel like everyone else does a little sad. I, I will say this: I, you know, I agree with everything you guys are saying. In that the Chiefs are beating themselves. At some point, however, I start to worry, and I, I don't think this is the point to worry. The NFL season is long; we have a 17 games. But at some point, you gotta you gotta stop being able to say, "Well, if it wasn't for that one miscue, if it wasn't for that one penalty, if we didn't have that." like these guys out for the game, if we weren't beating ourselves up, then like, you got to be able to overcome that. And so far, you know, these chiefs could be three and O, but they could be O and three. And, you know, my worry is, is that, you know, if this turns into the Eagles game too, and then the bills game, and we're looking at two and three, we're looking at one and four or something, uh, you know, the Titans loom after that, et cetera. I'm, I'm not panicking at all about the Chiefs, but I'm saying at some point right now we're blanketing the Chiefs with excuses because of their past, and we should be. But this is also a team that's that a lot of new personnel. It is a new season. Teams are changing the way they play the Chiefs. And so two consecutive trips to the Super Bowl doesn't necessarily mean they're going to take the AFC again unless they can take care of these issues. The good news is, is they're close to being 3-0 and with massive problems to take care of. So, you know, there, there's a sunny side up to all this, but 
at some point, I, like I, as a Chiefs fan, I'm getting a little tired of going, if it wasn't for that thing, uh, this, that, or the other, I'm just ready for some execution or, or, you know, someone to deliver through on those or even because of those problems. Yeah, I agree. Look, uh, you know, my take on this game is I, I feel not nearly as annoyed, and I should probably, but I'm not nearly as annoyed as I was last week. And I think it goes to Matt's point, uh, Matt Verderam's point of I was watching a game and I was like, oh, well, they're better. Like they're the better team. They're just they're they're just having a you know a comedy of errors to start the game. And when you do that, when you turn the ball over that many times, they were going up and down the field. They were going to score on the on the what the, the pass to Kemp where he he bobbled it. I mean, there was nobody he might have scored right there when he turned around or gotten down to the one yard line. I think it's just one of those things where, look, we saw this last year with this team where they would start slow or they wouldn't execute and they pulled out a bunch of games that they easily could have lost if things didn't go their way. But they've got Mahomes and they've got Tyree Kill and they've got Travis Kelsey. And so more often than not, they won. And it's like baseball in one run ball games or baseball in, in extra innings, right? It's just, yeah, you might have a streak where you do great and you win, you know. 10 of your 14 uh, one-run games or something like that. And that's what the Chiefs did last year. But look, at the end of the day, you can't leave it that close because then if you do make a mistake, you've got no margin for error. You end up losing the game. And they're they're starting the season playing, in my opinion, three playoff teams. And they had the ball with a chance to win at the end of their last two losses at the end of the game. It just didn't work out. They have to execute or they're going to get snake bit by good teams. Verderam, I can tell you got you got something on deck. Yeah, I just look. I'll I'll commit the the blasphemy for this fan base. Mahomes also has to be better. He's got now. It's not his fault they're losing these games. Like their defense is a tire fire in the red zone. That's why they're losing these games. If their defense was even somewhat respectable inside its own twenty yard line, they might as well just grab everybody by the hand and go skip it into the end zone. I've never seen a defense in my life in the red zone. They don't even get up to third down. It's just like, oh, look at that. It's a touchdown. Hopefully the offense can bail us out. But Mahomes, look, the last pick of the game, you can't make that throw, man. Like, you can't get picked at midfield there. I'm sorry. I get it's desperation. You got to complete a pass. But, like, you're losing 20, 25 yards of field position with that throw. That throw was awful. It wasn't even near Kelsey. And the first one to Kemp, but Kemp's got to catch that ball. Let's get that out of the way right now. Okay, Marcus Kemp's an NFL receiver. He's got to catch that ball. That being said, why is that a no-look throw? What reason is there for that? And I, I get we all love this shit, right, with Mahomes because it's all it's exciting and it's different and it's fun. There's no reason. He's wide open. Just look at him and throw it to him. Like, that's the stuff I do think with the Chiefs sometimes. And that plays just symbolic of this. They're so talented, especially offensively, that they just – they freelance a little bit. There's a little lack of focus. Like, for an example, okay, now he's done this his whole career. Demarcus Robinson earlier in the game caught a 15-yard pass and literally ran six yards backwards. Like, where are you going? What are you doing? Right? Like, this is a man who's been in the league for six years, and he does this crap. Why are you doing it? And I feel like sometimes there needs to be more accountability. Right, like we don't know how Andy's feeling health wise, but if this is a week where Eric Bieniemy maybe's got to take a little more of the load, I hope I hope he chews our ass a little bit this week. 
Like enough of this crap. Enough with the turnovers. Enough with Mahomes and his no look notch. If, if, if you're trying to look a guy off, that's one thing. Okay, Kemp was wide open. So I do think at times here, this is becoming a little bit of an issue. Now, I don't want to, the biggest issues is at defense to me on, on, on pass rush situations and in the red zone. But offensively, let's be real. If they don't turn the ball over in this game, how many points do they win by? 14? Yeah. They blow them out. This game's not even a game. And, and by the way, that's the positive side of this. As I believe as you, Patrick, mentioned, they've played three playoff teams to this point. If they don't play like utter crap in the last two games, they're 3-0. and Easily. Easily 3-0. and Right? But that's the problem. They have played like crap, and they're one and two. And they're this is a must win in Philly. You cannot lose to this team. I'm sorry. Like you, you have to win this game. If they lose this game, I mean, you're looking at a major hole in the division. The Raiders are three and zero. Denver's three and zero, and the Chargers already beat you in your building, and they're two and one. You have to beat Philly. And you've lost to the Baltimore Ravens, who look like they're going to be a little bit better than people thought they might be with all the injuries that they've had. So let's let's start getting into some of the specifics of this game. Thank you, everybody. For there's a ton of you guys in the chat. Keep the questions coming. Um, we're gonna we're gonna hit some of these topics. So if you you know if you have questions on those topics, that's the time to fire. And so the first thing that we're gonna talk about are the turnovers and and the Mahomes miscues uh, in a little bit more detail. So. Obviously, at the beginning of the game, I, I didn't start to panic because I was like, well, they can't keep turning the ball over every every play. But they they tried um, on every series. Uh, Sterling Holmes, what do you make of this? And they've turned the ball over a lot now um, in the last two games. Is this just like one of those things where if this happened in the middle of the season, we'd be like, oh, it's just like a little bit of a lull? Or do you think that this is an issue or that teams are really trying to get the ball out of the Chiefs' hands both. I mean, let's be real here. Remember the Detroit Lions game? Was it two years ago? Teams have been doing this against the Chiefs because they know this is their best way to stop them. Mahomes' offense, when they roll, they're going to get yards. They're going to move the chains. The best way to stop them is trying to punch the ball out. We've seen it time and time again. I have no idea how the players don't see it coming. This is what they do. Um, Clyde, you just lost a game last week. Not going to Two hands, you're going to get knocked out again? Where's Jarek McKinnon? Come on. I want McKinnon this season, but there needs to be accountability. You guys have said it perfectly. Verderam, I think, broke down, especially the second Mahomes interception perfectly. The first uh, Mahomes interception, I liken it to Duke playing a a D2 school. You know you're going to win at the end, so the first half you take it easy. You try some things you wouldn't typically try against top-end opponents. Mahomes, like you said, why are you doing that? You don't need to do it. You're trying to make a highlight real throw. You're trying to make it on Twitter. I don't know what you're trying to do. You don't need to do that. Make the throw. Um, that's kind of my main thought. I'm still irritated with Clyde. I'm ready for Jerry McKinnon season. That's where I stand. Yeah, and when you do those things right, you're giving these teams that, that haven't been able to beat you or beat you consistently hope, right? They're like, we could beat these guys. We could hang with these guys. We can play with these guys. And that's the last thing you want to do. When you're a team as, as powerful offensively as the Chiefs, you want to come out and smack them in the mouth and be like, yep, you're in for a long day defense. We're, we're the best offense in the NFL. We're going to be going up and down on the field on you all day. So strap in. And instead, you hand them gifts 
And they're like, we can stop these guys. And, and you can't. You can't stop them unless they just cough up the football. Matt Connor, it wasn't a good day for Patrick Mahomes. It, people are going to be talking about you know, turnovers and, and, and the defense. He was 27 of 44 for 260 yards, 5.9 yards average and 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 the two picks and and you know the Marcus Kemp one he still should have caught it but what is this you know <laughs> I'm sure you're hearing it over at Arrowhead Addict from the trolls oh Mahomes is overrated he's getting exposed but what do you make of this bad day from from Patrick Mahomes against a kind of a banged up Los Angeles defense yeah it, what's really funny the worst comment I saw was that he was like some sort of offensive version of Frank Clark who's not worth the big contract that he signed or you know whatever it's like hey I, at least uh, some creativity in that criticism there uh, you know uh, you know I, I mean you know Matt already brought up the points of like you know throwing behind Kemp he threw behind you know Travis Kelsey on another uh you know memorable throw there you know there was the errant throw at the very end that everyone was going where's that even going what's going on here it's the kind of late game decision that we remember from philip rivers except this time you know we're the one employing the rivers at that time i'm you know some people are going to say now i'm comparing mahomes to rivers that's certainly not the case but you know i mean i mean mahomes is the very reason why we have a chance but um you know i i think i think that maybe um you know, what we've been what we've been talking about in a positive way is the continuity in leadership for this Chiefs team, right? That we kept the enemy, that we kept uh Kafka, that the only real turnover on the whole coaching staff was was McCullough going back to Indiana University to, to work at his alma mater. And the front office too. The front office had a couple guys you could have went somewhere else, Ryan Poles, etc. And they didn't. But I'm wondering if maybe this group is so used to hearing how great they are, how wide open their window is, that maybe the lack of some outside voice coming in and going, you know, you say it's hard to win week after week, but I think we're believing some of our own press at this point. And so to Matt's point earlier, doing like the no look thing when it's not needed, et cetera, it just makes me wonder like it almost makes me wish that there was just a newer voice. And I don't mean coaching turnover. I'm not calling for heads to roll anything like that, but, but what you get when you have new perspective in the building is someone who goes, it takes a lot to build a winner. We've got to stay grounded. I, I don't think that Andy Reed is letting the locker room, you know, sort of, you know, out of touch with reality. I'm just saying this is a popular team with household names and maybe there's a little bit of buying their own press here in, in some of the turnover. I will say, let me say this though, on some of the turnovers, the chargers, like we can say the chiefs are coughing up these turnovers. The chargers executed exactly what they needed to like Asante Samuel deserves hella credit for that interception on that ball. Right? Like some of these guys punching it out, like the timing the execution there, like the Chargers at least deserve credit for forcing three of these turnovers. One of them was a total gift from the gods in the fourth quarter at the right time. But but some of these were just excellent players making opportunistic plays and playing their hearts out. And they did it at Arrowhead and walked away with a win because of it. Absolutely. And I got a question here from Matt Verderam. This one's from JPF8985. Semi-serious question. Does this team have an offensive scheme? Seems like too much of our offense is predicated on Pat and Travis Kelsey freelancing their freelancing style and broken slash backyard plays. Yeah, they do. Uh, look, it's a lot of with the Chiefs. If you watch them, obviously a lot of it's predicated off pre-step motion, and, and they like to try to get a guy make a false step here, false step there, and then they'll hit him. That's how they scored on on the one play with Hardman 
on the jet sweep in the red zone. But if you watch the Chiefs, they're a lot of, they run a lot of three-by-one concepts, which just means if you're not familiar, they'll put three receivers on one side of the field, then they'll have another receiver isolated on, the, on what's called the backside of the play. They love to do that kind of stuff. And they really love to do it with Hill in the slot on the trip side and then Kelsey backside isolated. And they get a lot of times you, you're kind of forced as a defense to either play Kelsey man-on-man or you have to you know, bring a second guy over, but then you're playing with bad numbers on the other side. It, it really puts team in a, teams in a bind. Look, yeah, Kansas City's offense is great, right? Like, I don't – I can't stress enough how unconcerned I am about them long-term offensively. I will give one more thing on Mahomes. I think he's got to get better at. And this is something that's going to happen for a while, but understandably for the last couple of years. He's got to stop bailing out of these pockets. Like – there have been plenty of times in the last couple of weeks where nobody's been pressuring him and he just takes off running. And sometimes you don't mind that because he's so dangerous outside the pocket. But sometimes it's like, why are you running out of the pocket, man? Just stand in there. You have really good interior offensive linemen right now. Look, Niang got baptized today by Bosa on the right side. But I thought it was pretty telling that the Chiefs did not give him help that whole game. Like Kansas City clearly thought he could handle it. And look, he had some great snaps. He had some rough snaps. But overall, like, he'll be better for that. I just wanted to bring up one thing. I was thinking about this after the game because I had so – I mean, hundreds and hundreds of comments on, on my Twitter feed about how literally the Chiefs should fire everybody involved. They should get rid of everybody. Here's some perspective, okay? We would all agree the New England Patriots are probably the greatest dynasty in NFL history, like 20 years of just being ridiculously great. The last Super Bowl they won – which was a team that was talented, but not like otherworldly talented, in my opinion. It's 2018, of course, the year they beat the Chiefs in the AFC title game. Their season started by winning 27-20 at home over the Texans. They then lost to Blake Bortles and the Jags in a laugher. Went played the Detroit Lions on Sunday night football in week three with Matt Patricia coaching and got clobbered 26-10. to They then won the Super Bowl. Like... My point is, it's week three. I'm as annoyed as anybody. And, and that's not to make an excuse. The Chiefs have sucked to this point. But I think sometimes you look at a team, if you're being honest with yourself, and go, you know what, we're just not as good as I thought. We're just not as talented. We don't, we don't have the chops. I don't feel like that looking at this team. Like, they have just gifted these games with bad mistakes and stupid turnovers and dumb blown coverages on the back end. Like, I'm not watching the Chiefs thinking, oh, well, they just they just don't have the goods. And by the way, if you look around the AFC, who is the team that you're like, man, that's it? I know the Raiders and Broncos are undefeated. Does anyone really think they beat the Chiefs in a playoff game? Does anybody really think they're going to beat out Kansas City? The South is awful. The Bills finally got a good game, first time in three weeks out of Josh Allen. They've played nobody to this point, so I have no idea what to make of them. The Steelers stink. The Ravens just needed Justin Tucker to kick a 66-yard field goal off the crossbar to beat Detroit. And Cleveland looked good against KC. Then even though they beat Houston, didn't look particularly good. And then they played the Bears, who are the Bears. If you said to me, you have to bet your mortgage, who's going to win the AFC? Probably Kansas City. Like, I would still take them. But they've got to get this stuff figured out. Like, there's no more BS. Your week four, they've got to beat Philly. You cannot go in there and lose another game to a team. that This is the first time all year they're playing a team they are just flat out miles better than. Like, they're better than these other three teams, but those teams are good teams. 
they should kill Philadelphia. If they don't do that, then everybody and their mother should pile on. Yeah, you know, it's 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 kind of funny. We as Chiefs fans, I think we've been in this we stunk for so long. And then we got Mahomes. And then we were like, then we were like, oh man, we're really good. Can we do it? Then we won the Super Bowl. And now it's kind of like the last two years, we barely lost and went straight back to the Super Bowl. So I think it's like, I think we need to gain a little bit of perspective as as a fandom that like, hey guys, listen, like this is what happens, right? Now everybody hates us. Now everybody's glad we're losing. Now all the other teams, you know, the Ravens and the Chargers, this is their Super Bowl. They beat Mahomes. They beat the Chiefs. Just like whenever we'd beat New England or we'd, we'd get a win against Pittsburgh or one of those teams every once in a while, we were like, yeah, man, we finally beat those guys. And it was super satisfying. But then at the end of the year, it was always New England. It was always Pittsburgh winning playoff games while the Chiefs were taking a first round exit if they made the playoffs at all. And I think we're, we're reaching that now where this is winning consistently and the NFL is hard, even when you have a great roster and you have a, a transcendent quarterback like Patrick Mahomes and teams are giving you their best shot. They're throwing the kitchen sink at these guys every week, trying to figure out ways to beat them. And they have to adjust. That's part of the NFL is making adjustments to what other teams are doing to you. And then generally what happens is once you make those adjustments, if you're better, you win. You win games. And so the Chiefs need to stop shooting themselves in the foot. But I agree with Matt. I think they're going to be fine. Let's talk a little bit about kind of shifting gears a little bit. The running game, which has been atrocious so far this year for the Chiefs. Clyde Edwards-Alaire taking a lot of heat this week. Coming into this game, this was kind of a litmus test, right? The Chargers were not very good against the run. Could he get the game going? Could he get the running game going? Clyde goes out there, fumbles the ball early. That was rough, but actually had a really uh, solid game running the football. 17 carries for 100 yards even. That's a 5.9 average. He had a 14-yard run. He looked good. He looked pretty decisive out there running behind this offensive line. And going up against a team and the Chargers, it was Kind of tough defensively. They're getting a little bit of pressure. They were dropping a lot of guys back in coverage. And and the Chiefs were able to to hand the ball off multiple times in a row, which you almost never see, and move the ball against the Chargers and pick up some short yardage situations. Sterling Holmes, are you happy with what you saw out of Clyde? Is this is this a good sign for the Chiefs moving forward that they can run the ball when they need to? Outside of the fumble, I was more eh. I feel like this is what they should be doing, to be honest with you. When you have Mahomes, boxes and stacks, they're basically daring you to run. They're daring the Chiefs to run. This is what Clyde should do. If you're drafting the first round as a running back, this should be the minimum, right? This is just me. He doesn't look extremely explosive. He goes down a little too easily. He had a solid game, 100 yards on 17 carries. Nice. I want to see some more consistency. This should be a good building block game for Clyde. I'm not ready to say, all right, yeah, Clyde, he, he's the guy. I Give him the keys to the car. Give him the keys. He, he, he's the guy I want to have 20-plus carries a game. Good start. Fumble. Still an issue. Yeah, the Chiefs as a team, now this is because of a, a few Mahomes scrambles as well, um, they ran the ball 30 times for 186 yards. Darrell Williams got seven carries for 28 yards. He averaged four yards per carry. A couple, couple good runs from McColl and Tyreek Hill. Matt Verderam, what's what's your take on this? Because I, I feel like they need to be doing this all the time. I mean, they ran the ball well. They ran for over six yards a clip, right? It's hard to complain about that. Um, I, I don't, I don't really care though. Like to me, 
I know it's horrible, maybe podcast or TV analysis in the sense it's boring, but I just think it's accurate. It's all, all this crap, like it's just about turnovers and beating yourself. Like they, they ran the ball great. They threw the ball pretty well for the most part. I mean, look, some of that stuff of Mahomes gets dragged down at the end because they're throwing all over the field at the end and, and you get a bunch of incompletions in there. But like their offense, their offense in this game had 437 yards and 33 first downs. You do that almost any other game. You score 38 points, you win going away. Like the game was lost in the first quarter. And the whole game, by the way, and we haven't touched on this. I'm sure it's driving some Chiefs fans nuts. The game was also lost on fourth and nine when the Chiefs could have gotten off the field and just couldn't be bothered to do it. And I know there's all this like, well, you know, is it pass interference? I don't know. I don't know. We never really got a good look at it. I don't know if it, it was a good call or not. They called it on Sorensen, but I think they meant to call it on Baker, I think. Um, I don't know if it was a good call or not, but you know what? That's fourth and nine. And by the way, it's pretty damn telling that the chargers were like, we're not going to kick the field goal. We're going to go for it on fourth and nine because your defense stinks. And we're just going to pick it up anyway. And they did. And so I, I don't know bad call or not, but I think at some point defensively, you know, what would have been great in that spot, an ounce of pressure. That would have been great. Like Chris Jones is getting paid a fortune. Can he win a one-on-one matchup? Can he split a double? Jerron Reed, did Jerron Reed pass away like these three weeks? Like, is he alive? Has anyone seen Jerron Reed ever? I like Derek Nottie a lot, and he's not a pass rusher. Has, has Derek Nottie made one play in three weeks? I mean, at some point, like, you have to make a play, man. Like, you've got to beat a guy off the block. And so to me, look, the running game was fine. Not an issue. They run like that. That's great. But – None, it, to me, this is all window dressing. If I'm the coaching staff this week, I'm screaming at them, ball security. And by the way, at Mahomes too, ball security. Take what's in front of you. Don't be a hero. Be smart. And defensively, my God, I'm just screaming at them in general. But in the red zone, make a stop. Get off the field. Turn sevens into threes. And the front four in particular, win a battle. Get off your block. Do something. Because to me, if they clean up those areas, especially the two defensive ones, even to just a moderate degree, they will literally not lose another game. They are so explosive that if they limit themselves to a turnover a game and the defense being just decent in the red zone and just an average pass rush, forget it. They're not going to lose. But the problem has been they've been non-existent in those areas. I wanted to. I do have some good news for everybody as we're as we're talking about the the misery that is a one and two start of the season. Our guy, I'm sure most of you who follow, you know, anything Chiefs news, Chiefs analysis out there, know that our guy Joshua Briscoe had a really scary health scare um, this uh, this week, and uh, it, it was very public. So uh, I'm not telling you any anything behind the scenes, but he just tweeted 15 minutes ago. Um, He's he's home and he's resting uh, and he's feeling much better. That's fucking awesome. Uh, Josh, we're so glad that you're OK and that you're doing well. And I know you felt the love from the Chiefs kingdom, but it's uh, it's good to, to know that you'll be back soon um, helping us figure out what the hell is wrong with this team and how to fix it. So um, 
uh, just uh, just wanted to mention that because I just saw that tweet. All right, let's let's keep it moving here. So let's talk about the run defense because that was going mean, to coming into this game. Now we're worried about turnovers. Last week it was we have the worst defense in the history of the NFL uh, with all due respect to the Atlanta Falcons. So <laughs> it was actually improved in this game. And this is a team that that we thought, you know, would try to come out and run against the Chiefs. Matt Connor, the the Chiefs defense was like a little bit stout, dare I say. They held the the Chargers to 3.5 yards per carry on 22 rushing attempts. Austin Eckler got 11 totes for 55 yards. So he averaged five yards a carry. So maybe maybe that's not so great. Um, but the rest of the team didn't fare too well. Did you see some improvement there? Or was it just a, a game flow thing that the Chiefs didn't get run all over? I mean, sure. You know, the first quarter looked solid. I mean, I mean, look, anytime this defense is getting a three and out after the first two games is going to be cause for celebration, right? Like I'm clinking glasses after the, the second three and out. And, you know, it was great. Even after those turnovers, I couldn't believe it was scoreless after one. That was crazy. But I, I mean, at the same time, I mean, you know, the, the Chargers, it's not like they have Derrick Henry, you know I mean? Like, Eckler, you know, they've got like the Sproles kind of guy. You know, they've got Mike Williams. They've got Keenan Allen. And every one of those guys did what everyone thought that any one of those guys could do. Mike Williams got his. Keenan Allen got his. Eckler got his. You know, like Justin Herbert's putting up MVP numbers, just just answering the Chiefs drive for drive. I mean, I was glad to see some improvement for sure. But I mean, it's what it's what Matt was saying earlier. You know, it's like, where is any semblance of pressure? The, the read signing to me, I, you know, it's just confounding. Uh, you know, in the preseason, we were talking about the leap from from Turk Wharton. Where's that? You know, we were talking about the leap from Mike Dana, how he looked better. You know, we were talking about we were looking so deep that we're like letting Tim Ward go. And and, you know, Okafor is there in some sort of way, like there are multiple defenders who look like a shell of themselves. Like multiple people have hit the wall this year where everyone's talking about like, Oh, Belichick gets rid of guys a year early. We've got multiple guys who look like a year late. And that's really frustrating to me to watch. Uh, I'm, I'm glad we got a few three and outs. Sure. But anyone in that locker room who looks at this and says, okay, yeah, we're, we we've started to solve our issues. Uh, I, I just hope that's not any message being conveyed right now. I hope everyone is is feeling a real sense of desperation to put something together. Yeah. I mean, look, the Chiefs were, they were playing a lot more downhill. They did actually have five tackles for a loss, one from Hitch, one from Dana. Um, Chris Jones got one. But let's talk about Chris Jones, Matt Verderam. This, 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 all we keep seeing, and a multiple of you have asked in the chat, can we put Chris Jones back at defensive tackle? Maverick, is that is that the is that the cure here, or I mean, who is, the hell's playing end? Right. Then who's playing end for this team? You, because <laughs> you might be able to log some snaps right now. Who's playing? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know if I've got the strength. Frank, Frank Clark's got got hamstring issues, and, and that's plural at this point on both hamstrings. Alex Okafor looks like me playing defensive end currently. I mean, Mike Dan actually, I he was the one guy that he had a sack, a couple of pressure. Like he actually looked like he. Like bothered to show up. The rest of this group, where are any of them? I mean, Joshua Kindo, fourth round pick, hood ornament. Which listen, fourth round pick is a rookie. I'm not. I'm not crushing Joshua Kindo, but I'm just saying, like right now, he's not doing anything. 
I don't, I don't think that's the answer. Like I, I get it. It's I, I agree with Matt Connor in a lot of ways. And that is one thing. If you want to be a little nervous, it's like you look at them right now and it's and I'm just defensively. And you wonder, is this kind of like 2017 all over again, defensively where the wheels just came off and there was no putting Humpty Dumpty back together. You know, Clark's all Clark's banged up again. You could basically write it in pen at this point. This is the last year he's playing in Kansas City. You've got Hitchens who, I don't know, like are you picking him back up for next year? Not based off these three games, you're not, right? Tyron Matthews has been very good. I don't have any problem with Tyron Matthews. I only bring his name up in this conversation because he is a free agent after this year, and I don't know what's going to happen there. I was, I was sure they were going to sign him. Everything I understand is how much they value him, but here he is. He's not signed. Daniel Sorensen who is a really polarizing guy in Kansas City, like, he looks like he can't run. I mean, he just looks like he's in mud. And again, another week, where is Juan Thornhill? Another guy, like, he belongs in a milk carton at this point. Like, where the hell is Juan Thornhill? They just don't play him. I, I just, I don't understand it. Like, the guy is, is incredibly athletic that he doesn't play. And then you start looking at other guys. I mean, whether it be an Okafor, like I mentioned earlier, I mean, God, Ben Neiman, we don't even have to get into it. Don't even have to go there. But like, we all know that situation. <laughs> I just, I kind of wonder if this is one of these things where, yeah, like the wheels are just off the, off the team at this point defensively. And it's just going to have to be, they're going to have to score 35. I'm not ready to go there yet. It's so early in the year. They've played really good teams. And I will say, I thought they were better defensively today. I'm not saying good. 30 points is 30 points, but better. Like It felt like they at least had an answer for some things, whereas the first two weeks they didn't. Now you go play the Eagles. You play a team that has some weapons, but let's be real. They are not any of the three teams you just played. Like, this is a game I want to see. Can the defense hold them under 20 points? Can the defense show up and really okay? You know, not, not I'm not saying hold them to a touchdown. Can you hold them to 20 or under? You know, I I want to see it. I do think they made some strides this week, but again, pass defense is terrible, or pass rush is terrible, and the red zone defense is just an abomination. It's so bad. Like guys, we can all agree on this. If that if that defense holds teams to a three every other time they're in the red zone. They will never lose a football game. Like, everybody's so jacked up about their run defense. Who cares? It doesn't matter. If they get off the field in the red zone, they will literally never lose. But they can't get off the field in the red zone. So I think that's got to be number one, two, three, four, and five points of emphasis for that defense. And the Chiefs punted once today. So. There, I mean, obviously, other than the turnovers, right? But all of those turnovers came. They should have been scoring points, either field goals or touchdowns. So um, you're right. And they're getting Willie Gay back, which is going to be important next week because they're playing a mobile quarterback and Jalen Hurts. That's that's somebody who can who can get out there and pick up first downs. The Chiefs don't want that. Uh, we had a, a, another question I want to get to from, from our guy, Cheeto Freak. Um, teams seem to be figuring out the Chiefs offensively and that we're having more problems moving the ball at will. Perhaps time to change our approach. I don't know if I agree with that. Matt Connor, what's your take on that? Yeah, I I, I mean, I don't know that I agree with that. I feel like our offense is just fine. I, I, I mean, if, you know, if people are, you know, playing us deeper and we're having to take what's underneath, that's just what we're doing. I, 
I'm fine with that. I'm fine with methodical drives versus one play drives. I don't care how we score. We score. No one's stopping us from scoring. I, I, I want to take it back. I don't, I don't mean to like uh, drive the ship here, but let me step at the wheel because here's what, if, if you're looking at a 17 game season, we're talking about some of the defensive guys looking like a shell of their former self. What would it hurt to throw Josh Kando at defensive end rather than Okafor? to throw Thornhill in over Sorensen, to throw, you know, Gay and Bolton in full-time and and Darius Harris in over Ben Neiman. Like, like what would it hurt if you lose some fundamentals, if you gain some athleticism, if you've got guys who are already, like, like they're a known floor and it's a low floor and the ceiling's not there, like, like, what does it hurt to let some of these guys play and learn on the job when the defense is already playing as bad as it is? I guess I'm just curious what you guys think about, Hey, let's throw out some projects and let them learn. If, if the known quantities that we have aren't getting the job done. That's a good good point. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I agree wholeheartedly, man. I, I don't get it. And you know, you, you look at, like, I don't want to just use him as a punching back here, but Ben Neiman, I think, is the worst player that plays significant snaps on the Chiefs. God bless him, tries, he's not that talented. And to me, he's a special teams player who's masquerading as a starter because they don't have good enough play there. Now, I do think when Gay comes back, and my understanding is there's a real chance he will come back this week, I think that's who's coming off the field, right? And so potentially there's a big upgrade there. But I also think it's, it's a little bit of a danger to say, oh, well, Roy Gay is just a cure-all. Like, well, no, I mean, he's how many games has Willie Gay ever played? And we have no idea. I know he's athletic, can move. I'll take that. But I do wonder, like, when I watch Ben Neiman getting torched in one-on-one coverage, it's like, you know how bad Dorian O'Daniel must be? Like, I can't even imagine how bad he must be in practice. He, The man must be a human potato. Like, they won't try him? I, I mean, you know, you have to know if you're Spagnuolo and you're putting Neiman in man cover, you know it's like playing Russian roulette with five bullets in the chamber, right? Like, <laughs> you know it is. Yep. And yeah. you're still like, I don't care. I won't put anyone else out there. And I, I do believe that their, their coaching staff is top-notch, which tells me that they either think these guys behind players like Neiman and Sorensen just have no clue how to execute the defense and they don't trust them, or they just think they stink, which – I can't speak to the guys as much behind Neiman. The Thornhill thing, I'll never understand it. It must, it has to be a thing where they do not believe in Thornhill to execute the defense the way it's drawn up. It has to be because there's no way on earth anyone with eyes can watch those two players and think to themselves, yeah, Daniel Sorensen's a more talented player. But I also wonder, look, Veach has always been aggressive. Do they make a trade before the deadline? Like, do they, do they just say, look, we are not going to win like this? And you start looking around, and I, 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 I am unprepared to sit here and say who that person would be. Do you call up the Texans about Whitney Merciless? Call him up? I mean, do you, do you make that phone call? Do you call up Jacksonville? I mean, you know, hey, what would, what would uh, DJ Chark cost? I don't know. But I think if you're the Chiefs, you kind of have to at least think about it. And again, though, I do think you look at the AFC as we sit here. Assuming Kansas City can just play 20% better in some of these phases that we know they should play 20% better in, who's beating them? Like, as long as the Chiefs clean up some of the nonsense, I don't know. I mean, do you, do you, Cleveland, 
Buffalo, Baltimore, I, I still believe the Chiefs are in a really good spot because of the talent and the coaching with the team. But at some point, like, you got to do it. And I guess I have confidence in them because the last two years would give you a lot of confidence. The last three years, I'll give you a lot of confidence. But I don't know, man. I mean, they, they, today, that game was just an absolute choke job from soup to nuts. Like, I don't know how you lose that game. I don't know how you lose a game at home after you choked away a game last week. It's, it's embarrassing. Yeah, it's time to start looking around at the rest of the teams in the league that have players that you think the Chiefs should add and hope that they lose, right? Over the course of the next few weeks. You want the you don't want the Texans rattling off a couple and then, you know, feeling themselves and being like, we gotta keep this together. We got a shot at making the playoffs. You want them to lose. You don't want Tua Tagovailo to come back. I'm not, not saying I, I want the man to be injured or his career, but you want Miami to keep losing. You want some of these teams that might you be might looking want him to, to come back. Yeah, 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 that's 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 fair point. Um, but looking at some of these teams to to that have some veterans that they know that they're not going to keep that they might want to move that the Chiefs might want to rent on uh, on offense and on in defense. Maybe they trade for a couple of defensive players. And I agree with you, Matt Connor. Just put some of these guys out there. Maybe you don't want to put them all out there, but for Christ's sake, man, like it's it can't get any worse. It can't get any worse than and oh, Daniel, we've seen him on the field. He at least doesn't look like he's running in quicksand. And you got Ben Neiman out there who 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 looks like somebody chopped off his feet. And he's uh, I, I tweeted a, a, a gif of a turtle in relation to Ben Neiman today trying to yeah. get to the edge. All right. Look, we know the defense has to be better. They played with a little bit more uh, intensity this week, I would say. And they got a little bit more pressure on the quarterback. So we'll take that heading into a game against a suspect Eagles team. But as far as the rest of the season goes, before we get out of here, and I want to throw this to you, Sterling, we're one and two. We're in last place in the AFC West after three weeks. We played three playoff teams. We think um, rough, rough go, new pieces, all that, yada, 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 long season. What is, how does this change the chief season for you? Because I think we all talked about how if they came out and <clears throat> Won three of the first four. You know, they had a real chance to take control of the AFC and the number one seed. And now they're forget about all that. Like just just try to get back to five hundred. How do you think this impacts the way this team plays for the rest of the season? It's over. Pack it in. Don't even, <laughs> don't even play the games. No, yeah. I mean they're, yeah. they're going to win 12, 13, 14 games. I'm honestly not worried at all. Trust me. I'll throw another five down on the Chiefs winning at least 12 and a half games. I'll take the over. I'm not worried. Like we all said, they've made a lot of mistakes. It's Verderam brought up a good point. That Patriots team that won the Super Bowl started off one and two. It's not about how you start. It's how you finish. No major injury so far, right? That's got to be a positive. Offensive line starting to gel looks a little bit better. That's got to be a positive. Mahomes is hitting other receivers, not named Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. They're still running backwards to Marcus Robinson, but still, that's still got to be a positive. Noah Gray got his first catch. Joey Fortson caught a touchdown, almost dropped it, but still caught it. There's positives to take from here. We're going to see one Thornhill eventually. No way, Dirty Dan, who, by the way, you may have gotten three pieces of paper underneath him on that jump to try and break up that touchdown pass. It was impressive that height he got. But – 
I'm not worried. Will get Jr. is coming back. Dan Sorensen is not going to continuously be out there. Neither has been Neiman. I'm fine. If the over under 12 and a half ripped the over, I'm still excited. I, I wanted to ask, it's just as we were talking about this, and I'll just open this up to everybody. Is this the last ride for Dirty Dan in Kansas City? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think there needs to be much explained, but yeah, I, I think this has got to be the last year, or at least if he comes back, it's going to be as a part-timer. There's no way he lasts another year playing 190% of snaps. That would be absolutely asinine. Yeah, we, we, we were joking about this on Twitter. I think it was Matt Connor and I. Matt Verderham is... Is um is is Dirty Dan like an upgraded model of John McGraw? Daniel Sorensen's had a really good career for the Chiefs. Like I, I, I really do almost get like borderline annoyed now at you, Patrick, but in this case a little bit at you, Patrick, like just in general. Like, <laughs> they, like Daniel Sorensen's had a really good career for the Chiefs. And I gotta tell you, in all the years I've been a Chiefs fan, I could count on one hand. And it wouldn't need the whole hand. How many guys have come up with more clutch plays in their careers for the Chiefs? I mean, they don't win the Super Bowl without Daniel Sorensen that year because they would not have beaten Houston. Like, I really believe that. It, it, that game between the, the play he made on, on the, the fake punt and then subsequently forcing a fumble on the kickoff. Listen, he, I think, is getting to the end of his useful time as a player. And I do believe they should move away from him. But he has had a very, very good career for the Chiefs, especially as an undrafted free agent. Um, I know we're wrapping, so I'll just, I'll just go here. Look, going forward, here, I'll give a bold prediction. They will not lose more than two games the rest of the year. Wow. I, I really believe that. I really because they're so like it's they're not losing these games because they're getting outplayed and they're just not as talented. And I'd argue they've played three of the top 10, 11 teams in football. They're losing these games because they're beating themselves. And I don't think they're going to continually beat themselves. They're too prideful. They're too well coached. They're too talented. Like, I just firmly believe. You know what I honestly believe? I think they're going to kill Philadelphia. That's what I think. I honestly, maybe we end up walking this back and in a week, I'm a dope. And if I am, I'll eat it. I think they're going to go to Philadelphia. They're going to be impressive. They're going to win the game. They're going to come back home, and they're going to get in that game of Buffalo. And I got to tell you, I like their chances. I, I really feel they cannot play any worse. And they've played three really good teams. And, and look, they, they are absolutely a bouncer two from 0-3. They're also a bouncer two away from 3-0, and like easily. So I still believe this team is a 13-win football team. I still think they're the best team in the AFC. I don't think it's particularly close. I really don't. Like when they play the way they can play, I don't. And I watched the Pats for 20 years do this crap where they start the year two and two and three and two and four and three and everybody's throwing dirt on them. And then, oh dear God, here comes New England and it's December and nobody can stop them. And Brady's figured it out and Belichick's figured it out and the defense is playing better. And then they make they get into the playoffs, and you're like, oh my God, that team's gonna win it again, aren't they? They're just yeah. nobody wants to see them. I watched New England do it for 20 years. And I think sometimes because we're all Chief fans, it's easy to panic because it's your team and you assume the worst. But I gotta tell you, 
I'm not going there. Like, I really am not. They cannot be worse with ball security and in the red zone. It's impossible. They can only get better. <laughs> and if they get this much better, they're going to kick everybody's ass because they're just better. Like, I really believe that. We'll see. Maybe they prove me a fool. I don't think they will. Nobody's going to get you more ready to run through a wall in your Patrick Mahomes jersey than Matt Verderam. Uh, we hear it all the time when people listen to this podcast. Verderam gets me so fired up. It's great. Uh, me too. I feel so much better. Um, listen, if you're out there right now and you're watching and there are a bunch of you on the YouTube channel, are you subscribed? Because if you're not, head on over there or you're there. Hit that subscribe button. We need you. Um, and, and it's because we're going to be keep, it's not just these, these shows in the last like two weeks, we've had Alex Smith, Tony Gonzalez, Byron Pringle, Mitchell Schwartz, all on the Arrowhead Addict YouTube channel. And, and oftentimes we run these interviews on the, on the, in the feed in the, you know, the, the audio version, but a lot of times you'll get them early on the YouTube channel. So you want to be subscribed. You want to see these things as they come out. So please hit the subscribe button. Thank you so much for your support. Um, I, as we're ending kind of on a positive note, we have an award to give out. So back when we launched this podcast, it's been about a year since Verdaram and I started working on, on the podcast and then Matt and Sterling joined us after the first season here. I came up with a bunch of segment ideas for us to have, to throw out every once in a while to give awards. We don't use them that often. Uh, but this one, we've never given it out before. And I'm, I'm very pleased to present this award. It's the Bobby Scipio award for underdog wide receiver excellence. And it's going to Jody Fortson, even though he's technically a tight end, there's no bigger underdog probably on this team than Jody Fortson catches his first touchdown pass today. He was jacked. You could tell his teammates were jacked for him. Matt Connor, is it Fortson season? It's Fortson season. I love him. That length, those hands. Did you see that guy go up? It was like yeah, yeah. The, the bottom of the football what I love about it is on Twitter afterward, there were like a handful of Chiefs practice squad players who were like congratulating him. And even like Maurice French, who I think should be French because it had like multiple <laughs> F's in the front of it there, even said something like, uh, yo, you almost made me cry or something like that. Like, like seeing Fortson succeed and come up so big at such a key moment was, uh, was emotional for some of the guys who fought right, right alongside him. So yeah, he's easy to root for. That's for sure. And I got to get that. I got to get to just, you guys are so great. And you leave us the reviews over on Apple podcasts. Another fun one as we, as we get ready to head out here, uh, this one from, uh, John Buffam, my go-to chiefs podcast. This is a good question. Question. If you had an entire team made up of Mahomes clones on both sides of the ball and a whole team made up of honey badger clones on the other side of the ball, who would win? <laughs> well, That's and Mahomes is always agree. one step faster than whoever's chasing him. That's just the rules. So Mahomes is always going to be faster. I think we got to, you know, the, the, some of the folks over at, uh, I think John Boyce over at, at SB Nation would do his Breaking Madden series, uh, which was, was great fun. Maybe we got to fire up a version of our own and just make that happen in Madden. Just create a whole team of Tyron Matthews, a whole team of Mahomes, and see what happens. I think I think we know what happens, right? It's Mahomes' offense, but I don't know, man. You know, he's not going to be much of a receiver, and you got the Honey Badger roaming around out there. 
could get some interceptions going, could get weird. I love it. Thank you for that question. You guys can leave us questions like that and we will read them on the podcast. There are more we'll get to later in the week, um, but head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. So that's your homework. Subscribe to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast on YouTube, head on over to Apple and leave us a five-star written review and we'll read your review on the air. Schedule this week, Tuesday, Matt and Sterling, they'll be back. They'll put a bow on this one. They'll start talking about next week's game against Philly. Thursday, Verderam and I will be there. We'll have our preview for the Philly game. And then, of course, we'll all be back here, or some of us will be back here on Sunday for the Chiefs and the Eagles. Any 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 final thoughts before we head out, Sterling, Matt, Matt? Calm down. Chiefs are fine. Don't panic. R-E-L-A-X. <laughs> The famous Aaron Rodgers quote. Matt Connor, any 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 words of peace to leave these guys with? No, I mean I think everyone's right. I I'm just ready to get these ghosts get the ghosts off the field and let the rookies play, man. I think the defense could show some surprise. I love it. And Matt Verderam. Better beat Philly. <laughs> I, I was find You're right. Right. Yeah. You better yeah. beat Philly or it's it's gonna be a nuclear reaction on Sunday. And and rightfully so. Like you you better beat Philadelphia. And not in one of these games just a, that's a crap show either. Like, win yeah. the game. Walk away feeling good about yourselves. If they do, I think they're fine. I really, I, I really do. But they better beat Philly. If the Chiefs beat the Eagles, it'll be uh, Andy Reid's 100th win as Chiefs head coach. Uh, pretty, pretty incredible if he gets to do it against Philly. Maybe this was the scheme all along. That they just they met up and they're like, hey... We want Andy, we want Big Red to get it against the Eagles. Um, I'm gonna, that's what I'm going to tell myself. That's the lie I, I choose to believe. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Arrowhead Addict Podcast live Chiefs postgame show. We'll see you next week. But right now, we got to get out of here. My wife ordered some pizza, and uh, frankly, I need a beer. So thank you so much for watching and listening out there. We'll see you next week. But as always, go Chiefs.